Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I am Luann Prater. And I am Rachel Olson. And I've got a song in my head, and you know when it's there, I've got to sing it. Thank you for being a friend. Okay, you know you know that song and you know what that brings to your mind. It is a TV show that was around when I was young and it was the Golden Girls. And there you remember it? Yes, I love the Golden Girls. Okay, well, the reason I want to just plant ourselves there today is because I've noticed something interesting. Now, even though that show has a lot of questionable things that happen, the one value that is there that seems to be resonating with the culture of today's young women is the long-lasting friendships that stay even to your old age. I've seen that play out with my own daughters who are in their 30s, and they used to binge-watch Friends or Gilmore Girls or The Office Now, they love this show, and it's not just them. There's a lot of girls their age that watch this. And so I was asking them, why? What is it about that show that makes you love it so much? And they're like, Mom, do you know how our our friends that we run around with now seem to be just surface? You know, we're always just running in and out of church. We're running in and out of the job. We're running, running, running. And we don't have those friendships that we know are going to be there when we get that age. And so we're looking at that, trying to figure out what is it about those women that made them be friends till the end? Well, you know, the the show Friends was also super popular. And those two shows, the Friends Friends and Golden Girls, have something in common and that in that all the friends were literally living together. Mm. You know, there was a 24-7 day in, day outness to being in one another's space and faith. And, um, you know, increasingly we live in a world where our friendships are more online, right? Mm-hmm. They might be, you know, from other sides of the country even, and which is a beautiful thing. Well, that is true. And I've tried the isolating thing before and it doesn't work for very long. And my husband can say, well, You know, he's retired and he'll say, well, I could just stay here and live. He calls our house on campus. He says, I could just stay on campus and never see another human. And then I have all the girls come over and he eats it up. He loves, loves, loves having all of our friends come around. And I think that there is something to that that is bigger than what we can put our arms around and And I mean that from the spiritual sense. I mean, God created us to need one another, to do life together. And in radio, I often hear when I go to a concert, I often hear a lot of the folks that 
come tell me, you know, you you guys are my church. I don't go to church anymore because, you know, those people are just hypocrites or the church hurt me or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. I love the fact that you 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 get filled up by listening to our radio station. But please don't stop making friends and going to church and doing life together because that's what you have to have as you get older you really see that being there in the good times and the bad is what brings you together forever. Mm, yes, and that's something all of us crave, right? Uh, there's a phrase in the culture now called ride or die, you know, that this person is my ride or die, which means no matter what happens, I'm there for this person and I know they have my back. And that's something that feels less... Um, available to us in a world where we all move and we don't kind of grow up and live and die in the same town with the same people. You know, our world's so transient and busy and on the move and career-oriented that it feels hard to find those sorts of relationships that are going to be there through your entire life and um, no matter what. Well, absolutely. And I can tell you that looking in the rearview mirror at my life, I I've gone through uh, different seasons of life where, and in different locations during my life. And I will have like this really concentrated group of friends that I am just doing ministry together or doing school stuff together with our kids or doing Girl Scouts together or whatever it is where you just get really close to those. Uh, sets of friends for a, a season in your life and then you move or there's a divorce or someone passes and all of a sudden your kids grow up and you're kind of scrambling again trying to find out where's my posse where's my where's my group of friends but there are some that stick by you they're there through it all and, and one in particular that that I can name is Kathy. I've been friends with her for almost 40 years, and we've seen her son be killed in a car wreck. We've had our parents, her dad pass away, my, both of my parents pass away. We've been there through those really hard, horrible things together and struggles with our kids, and we've prayed together and we've cried and we've laughed till we've almost wet our pants you know those those are the things that when you get to experience life with people and they stay and they stay and she lives in a completely different state but i can walk in her house and pick up where we left off every single time and vice versa and so those are the kinds of friendships that you see in Golden Girls where these gals kind of came back together and they're finishing life out together because in the end, you want those people that get you, that know you, that don't judge you. They just love you for who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the backdoor friends or the kitchen table friends, you know, the, the people that you have over for dinner and you don't sit in the dining room with them, you sit at the kitchen table because they're kitchen table friends and you're not being formal with them. I love in um, in Golden Girls, you know, they, they were frequently in the kitchen and they would sit at the kitchen table, which cracked me up because there were four of them living there 
and the kitchen table had three chairs because, <laughs> because there was the camera. There was no actual wall there, right? So you, they would have to sit with their backs to the camera, and uh-huh. that wouldn't work. So it always cracked me up how they would get them to all gather around um, the kitchen table with three chairs. Uh-huh. Um, Somebody was always standing. <laughs> Yes, yes, or pulling up a stool or something, yes. And then, but then the conversations that would happen at those tables would just crack me up, you know, because, you know, Blanche is so Blanche, right? And, mm-hmm. You know, Dorothy's rolling her eyes at everything, at both of them, and, and Rose is just so delightfully ditzy, yes, and <laughs> telling some story about, you know, St. Olaf and... <laughs> You know, in her little Norwegian town she came from that, you know, they were always the most unbelievable stories. And um, just watching, you know, Blanche's reaction and Dorothy's reaction. And then Estelle Getty, you know, who plays um, Dorothy's mother, mm-hmm. was actually um, a year younger than the, than the uh, actress who played Dorothy. Um, you know, she, she seemed that she was supposed to be an 80-year-old woman. But she she was not anywhere near eighty. But she played that part so well. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's a funny story, and uh, that they would tell, and funny dynamics that they would have. But you definitely you always wanted to sit in the kitchen when they would start talking. Yeah. And you know, I can remember growing up, my parents had friends like that that I wanted to be in the kitchen when they started talking. Oh yes, uh, my mom and all of her friends would giggle and laugh and. I never understood what they were laughing at. Now I know it was us. And I found out that they were just laughing about raising kids. And now I get it, you know. And now I'm able to do that with my daughters. And we, and it's so funny because they'll say, Mom, I'm so sorry I put you through some of the things that I did because now I'm paying for it. And it's fun to have those kinds of friendships. And Rachel, I, I feel that way with you. I think that when we not only gather around the Encouragement Cafe table, but when we just gather around the table in life, you know, you and your family, when they came over, it was just, it was fun. It's good to share with people that you love and you respect and you want to make sure that as we get older, we are there till the bitter end. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, of course, it's not exactly true, but it is true. <laughs> and the saying is, you can't make old friends. Oh, right. Uh, which is not true, because you can make new friends, and over time they become old friends. But, you know, <laughs> it's just a, a testament to the, yeah, there's something about, you know, the old friends or the kitchen table friend or the back door friend or whatever, you know, that, that person who's done so much of life with you and they've seen you at your best and they've seen you at your worst and they love you through it all, mm-hmm. which of course is, you know, ultimately our ultimate friend, uh, the friend that sticks closer than a brother, that's Jesus, who's literally been with us through every moment and loves us through thick and thin. Absolutely. And, you know, I thinking about friendships and, and the scenario that you just painted about the golden girls being in the kitchen and and everybody being on the same side of the table i always laugh at the last supper how everybody every picture is everybody on one side of the table and you know that wasn't real but it was giving you <laughs> that that visual of everybody trying to get close to jesus and be be right in there with the in crowd and find out hey who's going to sit at your right hand who's going to sit 
Yeah, I want to be right there by you, Jesus. And sometimes we feel that with our group of friends. You know, I have one girlfriend who she wants to be my best. And I get that. But I think that there are several people in my life that I'm I'm close to in different ways. And it's okay to have those friendships that you're really close to in this particular category of your life. But then there's some over here that, you know, you just love studying God's word with, or you just love, you know, going to the beach with, or you just love different things with different friends. And it's okay. The the key, I believe, is to make sure that we care for those friends in any uh in any friendship, you're always going to have those rough moments where somebody misunderstands or somebody gets their feelings hurt. And the best thing you can do is apologize. Be the first one to say, I am so sorry. I am sorry that that came out wrong. I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that we're not on the same page, but let's walk through this. Let's talk through this. Let's pray through this. Exactly, because you can't make old friends. So you, you want to work it out and keep the ones you got. Um, I still remember, and I know there's somebody out there listening um, who is in the situation right now. I still remember the times in my life when I was the brand new girl somewhere, where I moved and went to college, and I was the brand new girl who did not know anybody where, you know, I got married and moved with my husband to take a job and I was the brand new girl who didn't know anybody. And even when I moved to what is my current longtime hometown, initially I was the new girl who didn't know anybody. And I remember that feeling of you look around and everybody has their set of friends and you feel like there's no one left, you know, to be your friend. You can't enter into those friendships circles. I I remember that feeling distinctly um, of thinking I'll never have, (laughs) I'll never have relationships in this town. It's too late, but it's never too late. And I think that's another thing that the Golden Girls show us, you know, it's never too late. And the, you know, the the very first people that we sort of started a very uh, tangential relationship with, uh, another couple who was at the same church we started attending when we moved here, like, we didn't seem to have a lot in common, and, you know, but we we would kind of make an effort to go out to lunch after church every now and then. Well, these are the people that we now live next door to. Um, This is a 20-plus year friendship, and we now chose to live next door to each other, and so... You know, you just never know where your friendships might be going. And there's always going to be um, someone you can add to your group that will add to your group. And uh, sometimes we get a little you and me and no more, right? Oh, Um, us four and no more. Yes, I've heard that one many, many times. And I felt that because as a kid, uh, we moved every single year. So I was always the new kid going into the new school. And you kind of get... I don't know, you get afraid at first. And then I think it taught me to just make friends now because I don't know if I'm going to live here next year or not. So I better do it now. And and I tried to teach my kids whenever we moved to, to go find those who are smiling. I said, go to your school and see who's smiling and who seems to have a good attitude. And then go up to them and say, look, I'm new and I don't have 
four years to get to know you, but I'd love to know what you do, what what things you're involved in here at school, because I'd love to have a friend. And my daughter, when we moved to the town we're in now, she was a senior going into her senior year. And I told her that and she kind of did the eye roll thing at first. But then she did it. She came home and she was like, Mom, I did it and it worked. I'm I'm going to go with these girls to the game and we're going to... And it's all because you don't sit around and wait for friendships to happen. You allow yourself to be open enough to not only invite new people in, but to put yourself out there and say, Hey, look, I, I want to be part of something that's bigger than just me. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I've done a lot of, you know, the study with the 4K profile and the different personality types. And sure, somebody who has a very opposite personality of us can absolutely rub us the wrong way because they don't think like us and they don't act like us. Um, and they don't value the same sorts of things in any given situation that we might be most concerned with. But, you know, those people wind up um, bringing something that's missing to to our lives. You know, the if you're the free-spirited type, then you have the friend who makes lists and plans. And she brings something to your life, you know, structure mm-hmm. and a schedule and something. And, um, you know, and if you're the, the planner type, you know, you're a free-spirited person that's going to bring a little spontaneity and a little fun. And it's just a, a, a balance. Um, you know, I think about the, the the Bible there in Corinthians where Paul is saying, listen, we're, we're all the same body, but we're made up of different parts. We have eyes and ears and nose and feet and hands and elbows. And, you know, we sometimes mistakenly think it would be great if everybody was a nose. Uh, just like us, but then how would we get anywhere? We mm-hmm. need feet. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I think our friendships are like that too. And there may be friends that you're closer with or more similar to, but um, uh, every friend has value to add. Absolutely. I, I will never forget the first time I met my friend Cheryl. We were brand new to the church, and we had middle school and high school kids coming into the church, and we were we're just feeling our way through and trying to find our way. And and my daughter was going to be uh, recognized as a senior. They were having senior night at the church. And and so I jumped in and said, let me help with, you know, the food and prep and all of that. So I show up and I'm trying to help get food set out. And I accidentally knocked the spoon from the corn and corn went catapulting all over the table and the wall and the floor. I mean, I bumped it and boom, it was everywhere. And the the gal who was across the table from me looked up. I mean, she she was like a, a, a plow horse that was just getting the job done. She was going from one thing to the next. She didn't even really know that I existed until the corn flew. And I think she ended up with some of it on her and in her hair. And she kind of just raised her eyes up and gave me the look like you would your toddler when they do that. You know, she looked at me and she said, well, get a towel and clean it up. And I did not know her from Adam, but I was like, okay, okay. And I ran in the kitchen and I'm looking, I've never been in this kitchen before. So I'm looking desperately for a towel and I go over and I'm almost to the edge of tears because I feel like, oh man, I've blown it. 
because this I wanted so much to feel like I was a friend and and I'm gonna help and I'm good and here she's looking at me like boy are you a, a ding-a-ling you know you can't even once you made the mess you didn't even have the wherewithal to go get a towel and clean it up and so I <laughs> I remember cleaning it all up and then thinking she is never gonna want to have anything to do with me because she's gonna think I'm just you know you just start having this internal conversation now fast forward 20 years we have gone on more vacations with her and her husband than anybody else than anybody else and it was all because uh, she is a total opposite of me it's exactly what you're saying she is a total opposite of me but she's learned to love my crazy outgoing style And I've learned to love her, let's get it done, attitude. And together, we really do complement one another. And we laugh, and we plan, and we're there to, to cry together and to pray together. And friendships like that are priceless. Yeah, they are. I love in that story, um, what stood out to me is you said, you know, you you. Lung, the, drop the spoon, fling the corn, and you just sort of stand there paralyzed, like, oh no. <laughs> and she's like, uh, you know, okay, dingling, clean it up. <laughs> like, you know, just very practical. Of, Matter you know, of fact. Don't cry over spilt milk, clean it up. Um, and you know what? what? And then she doesn't remember that at all. That does, yeah, she has no memory of that. Because she was not at all upset or offended, and that did not register as any sort of a big deal in her mind. It only registered as a big deal in your mind to right. you remember it. Because it was interesting what you made it mean. Her saying to you, well, get a towel and clean it up. You made that mean in that moment. She's never going to like me. She hates me already. She thinks I am worthless and useless and a pain. Like, it's just funny. I mean, it's terrible and funny You know that how our mind makes things mean something and attaches motives and thoughts to people that are not there, you know? And, you know, fast forward and y'all are lifelong great friends vacationing all together. But in that moment, you were convinced she was thought you were the most useless person who'd ever stepped into a kitchen. <laughs> Absolutely. So the bottom line of that, as we look at this younger generation who is binge watching the Golden Girls, we've got to ask ourselves why. Why? Because they are desperately looking for that kind of a friendship. The long-lasting kind of friendship. And so they may not go to your church because they're not feeling connected there. Or they may not be in a group that gives them the freedom to be themselves. So this week, I want us to pray about and challenge ourselves to be the one that has our eyes open to those around us. Invite neighbors in and say, hey, do you want to have a cup of coffee? Invite them into your house. Let other people see that you're open to having friendships. And I get it. At my age, I'm like, oh, do I have enough energy to have another <laughs> friend in my life? Because honestly, Rachel, it takes some, it takes some effort to be a good friend. It does. 
It does. And honestly, most of my best friends are my best friends because they have put forth the energy when I didn't, you know, when I was too busy or I was traveling too much. Um, and so I'm very grateful. There are certain friends of mine that I'm so grateful that they did stick with me when I went through periods where, you know, I was speaking at some church, you know, on the other side of the country, you know, every other weekend. And they would say, hey, do you want to come to the barbecue? I can't. I'm out of town. Hey, do you want to go see a movie? I can't. I'm out of town, you know. And thankfully, they didn't stop asking. You know, thankfully, they didn't give up on me. Um, I'm so grateful that they didn't. And they just kept saying, hey, do you want to come over for a cup of coffee? And when I would, I could. And when I could, I would. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, so here's the moral of that story. And maybe it is an action step for all of us this week. There are people that are looking to have a friendship. And maybe we've just been oblivious to it. I'm going to encourage you to do it to invite them over, to reach out and let this next generation or the generation that God has put in your path, maybe it's someone my age, whoever it is, there's people that need to know that friendships matter. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.